last weekend was awesome, but the previous uh, three weekends we had been talking about how we see God. And remember we made this statement that kind of would sum up our series that what we think about when we think about God is the most important part of us. And so we discovered that God has a way he views us. And the way he views us is very often different from the way we view ourselves. And because we don't have a proper view of God, we can't have a proper view of ourselves. But when we come into alignment with how God sees us, we begin to see ourselves differently. We begin to see our life differently. So we talked about how we see God, how we see ourselves. And then the last sermon was how we see what we have left. We talked about even what Derek talked about this morning, that what you have left is so powerful. And even though you feel like you're at the end of yourself, there's always something left. There's a praise left. There's someone left. There's something left. If there was nothing left, God would take us from this earth. But there's something left in our life that God has for us to say, to do, and to declare. I just believe that with all my heart. And I, I, I was going to end on that and begin a new series, but God began to deal with my life about relationships and that how I see him affects how I see myself, but it also affects how I see my relationships because how I see me really defines uh, the relationships that are in my life. And if I don't properly see me, then I will have improper and unhealthy relationships in my life. Can somebody say amen? Has anybody had a bad relationship? You just, you don't want to throw your hand up because you're sitting by them. Okay, I understand. But anybody has had a bad relationship? Very often we're in bad relationships because we don't properly view ourselves. We don't have a vision for our relationships. Most of us in relationships, we, we do relationship by default. Whoever's around, <laughs> whoever's the easiest, whoever's closest. And so most of our relationships have everything to do with our location and the house we grew up in and the neighborhood we grew up in. And we don't live relationally by design. God gives us an opportunity. See, in my life, I don't get to choose a whole lot of stuff, but I do get to choose who I'm friends with. And so if I get to choose who I'm friends with, I'm going to be intentional about those choices because those choices will truly define my Life. First Peter chapter two, verses nine through 10. I wanna kind of give you an idea of how God sees you. The Bible says here in First Peter chapter two, verses nine through 10, it says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. I don't know if there's anybody in this room today who is grateful that you are now a people and you have now received mercy. Can we just give God a praise this morning that he took us from our nameless, faceless selves and brought us into purpose and he's also given us his mercy. It's an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing that he does. So I have to see myself the way God sees me. He tells me I'm a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. I belong to God. And if I know this and I'm, I'm convinced of this, then it will help me define my relationships in life. There's a story in Judges chapter six about a man named Gideon. And Gideon is a really interesting character. And I do encourage you if, you, if you get a chance, if you haven't studied the life of Gideon, to really study the life of Gideon. A very, very interesting figure because when God comes to him, he comes to him in probably the lowest condition of Gideon's life. The Bible tells us in Judges chapter six that the Midianites had been provoking God's people to such a point 
that they were hiding out in caves. They had left the land that belonged to them and were now hiding out in caves. And the reason they were doing this is because every time the, uh, they would have a harvest season, the Midianites would come in and steal their harvest. And every time that one of their, their, uh, their animals would produce offspring, the Midianites would come in and steal their offspring. They were so oppressed by the Midianites that they left their homes and left their towns and went up into the cliffs and into the caves to live. And the Bible says that when this angel finds Gideon in Judges chapter 6, that the angel finds Gideon, he is threshing wheat in a wine press. So in other words, he's doing something in a place that it's not intended to be done. <laughs> Why? Because he is in so much fear of his life that he is literally completely out of position. He's out of his home. He's out of his land. He is in these caves, and now he is hiding the wheat because if they knew they had the wheat, they would come in and take it. This is the condition of Gideon. And in this condition, God sends an angel to sit right down beside Gideon and tell Gideon, he says this, he says, Hello, you mighty warrior. What a greeting. What an incredible greeting. I love that God sits down beside of us in our worst possible condition and calls us what we are currently not. I don't know if this gets anybody else excited about the God you serve, but he sits right down beside of you in the worst condition of your life and calls you something you are not. Because God, this is what I love about God, and this is why I think the disciples left everything to follow Jesus, is because Jesus spoke to something in them that they, they knew was there, but they couldn't believe because of their surroundings. And Jesus came into this situation and called out their future and called out their destiny and called out their purpose in them to the point that they were willing to risk it all just to follow after this man who saw something in them that they could not see in themselves. And I love that this morning... This is what the angel of the Lord is doing in this room right now. He's sitting down beside of you. and You're a bad husband. And he's saying, hello, you awesome husband. <laughs> he's sitting down right beside of you in your terrible financial situation. And he sits down beside of you and he says, hello, you blessed and favored one. Hello, you out of debt one. Hello, you free one. He sits right by you in your bondage and says, hello, you free one. Hello, you delivered one. I'm thankful this morning that I serve a God who sits by me, not just when I'm on a mountain, but he sits by me when I'm in the valley, threshing wheat in a wine press and seizing me what I cannot see in myself. And so it's so important that I see what God sees and that when he declares who I am, I don't run from it. The tendency is very often sometimes when God declares who we are and we look at our current condition, we run because we see the distance between where we are and where he calls us. And we're like, I can't get there. And, and <laughs> the whole point of this situation is for us to realize on our own, we cannot get there. But what we cannot do on our own, God can do through us. And in a moment, he can take a fearful man like Gideon and he can turn him into a mighty warrior that wins multiple battles and declares God's victory for his people. Watch this. Just a few things I want to give you that are benefits to knowing who you are. And if you're taking notes, you can write these down. If I know who I am, first thing, 
I won't seek out a relationship to define me. This is good. If I know who I am, I won't seek out a relationship to define me. Very often in relationship, we are connected to people who who tell us stuff about us. And so, for instance, if, if I don't know who I am, I'll connect to people because I'm searching for who I am. I'll connect to people who I think know who I am. <laughs> so, so if I, if, for instance, if, if I was a young man looking for a relationship, I, I, would, I, would, I would connect, if I don't know who I am, I would connect to a female based on what she tells me about me, right? Even though that might not be the person I'm supposed to be with, but because I don't have any clue who I am, I'm letting a relationship define me. I'm allowing people who didn't create me to tell me what I was created to do. You gotta hear that this morning. If I know who I am, I won't allow people who didn't create me, who didn't design me and form me and shape me in the womb of my mother to tell me who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to do. But if I don't know who I am, I'll seek out relationships to help me figure out who I am. And I'll, I'll need you to tell me who I am. And I, I, can, I can mess a marriage up, a good marriage to a good person because I'm asking them to do for me what only God can do for me. I'm asking them to define me. I'm, I'm trying to get my definition from them. And if I don't know who I am, then I will look for every person in my life to tell me who they think. And, and people have opinions. Have you figured this out? Like human beings like to, like to have an opinion? Have you, have you been on like any form of social media lately? Like human beings, we like to tell people what we think. And people are not shy to tell you how you should live your life, to tell you how you should think, to tell you what you should like, to tell you what you should be passionate about, to tell you what purpose you should pursue, to tell you what should be your goals, to tell you what education you should have, to tell you which side of every issue you should fall on. We are losing the power in our world of the individual. Because we are falling into this idea that if I don't fit into a mob, then I don't have a definitive way of living. If I don't fit into a group, then I don't have a definitive way of living. If I don't fit into this thing that everybody has created and said, you got to fit into one of these two categories or you don't fit in. In the world we live in, I'd just rather not fit in anymore than to be told that because you are white and from the South, you gotta think this way. I don't want to fit into any more categories that people have defined for me. I don't wanna go to relationship for definition. I wanna go to the one who created me so that he can define me and tell me what my purpose is. Maybe my purpose isn't even to live here. Maybe my purpose is to go somewhere else. Maybe my purpose isn't to think like you think or to act like you act or to do it how you do it. Maybe we rob the world of our power by losing our identity. Because my, my power is not in my sameness. My power really is in my uniqueness. 
I was given a unique design by God, so unique that my fingerprint doesn't match anybody in this room or anybody on the face of this earth. Why? Because I was designed with a uniqueness that you cannot ascribe to. You can't come close to being as good of a me as I can be me. And I lose the power of who God created me to be when I fit in to the way the world defines me. Somebody say amen. Ah, watch this. God doesn't want the wrong fingerprints getting on his blueprint for your life. Sometimes, sometimes a lot of things are, are up to interpretation. For instance, we have so many different denominations because the Bible is left to us to interpret. So the reason there's this denomination and this is because this one interprets this way and this one interprets it another way. And this is the reason why we cannot allow the wrong fingerprints to get a hold of our blueprint. Because if the wrong people begin to read the blueprint of our life, they'll think it says something that it doesn't say. <laughs> people don't understand the value of relationships. The power of relationships. They don't get it. People don't complete you. People compliment you. Very often we say, one could put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. And we act like we're not anything without two. Well, can I, one can still kill a thousand. <laughs> I'm not hopeless without you. You don't complete me. You don't make me whole. <laughs> Every time I say complete me, I think of that stupid Tom Cruise movie where you complete me. And she totally fell for it. Why? Because she didn't know who she was. When somebody tells you they, you complete them, you think, oh my gosh, I've found my place, I've found my purpose. But be very careful of the person who needs you to complete them. Because the, the moment you need to, to be a human being and you let them down and you don't complete them anymore, they'll push you to the side and find somebody else to complete them. Sometimes in marriage, you got to stop acting like you complete each other. No, you complement one another. Because there are times in my marriage where I, I am a mess and I couldn't complete my dog if I tried. I couldn't. I'm not the completion to anybody in a relationship. I need help. I need help. See, so you know, people don't complete me. They, they compliment me. They compliment me. That's why when I talk to people about relationships. I talk to people about relationships this way. I, talk, I tell people, hey, when it comes to relationships, you need to build a team. Like you're building a basketball team or a football team. How terrible would a basketball team be if you had five point guards? How much fighting would be going on relationally if you had five point guards? No wonder you and your girlfriends never get along. It's because you're all the same person. You all like makeup and hair and take a ton of selfies. And no wonder you're jealous of each other because you are the same person competing with each other. 
you're all trying to be point guards. In basketball team, you have, you have five different positions. You have a point guard, you have a shooting guard, you have three guard, which is like a wing type person. They, they're like a slasher type person. They can shoot threes, they can drive to the basket. Then you've got a, you've got a, you've got a forward, and then you've got a center. You've got all of these different positions and all of these different roles. And the reason that, this, that teams play well together is because they play well together. Five people with the same personality don't play well together. Five, five people with the same mindset don't play well together. You've got to diversify your relationships. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I had two hours. If I know who I am, watch this. I won't abuse the good relationships in my life. Because if I know who I am, then I won't try to get you to be something that you're not. And every time I try to get you to be something that you're, you're not, I abuse you. Because the word abuse just means to misuse. It means it was created for one purpose and you use it for another purpose. That's what abuse means. That's why it is abuse to put your hands on a woman, physically hurting her or assaulting her. Because she was not designed that way. She was not created for that treatment. And every time you treat her different than the way she was created to be treated, God takes offense to that. And God will, watch the Bible when, when God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Watch him when he says that anybody who abuses other people, don't you worry about it, I'll take care of it. He's like an angry dad. The other night, our dog almost did not make it through the night. He's a little bitty, little bitty guy. But the reason I almost killed this thing. <laughs> is because he was sleeping. And while he was sleeping, Oliver came up and startled him. And he went and he snapped at Oliver and he bit Oliver's hand and Oliver's bleeding. Now, I have no control. I don't know if you're like me, but when my kid is bleeding, like I literally have no, if you're the one who made that happen, I don't care why you made it happen. I don't care how just, I don't care if he woke you up from your sleep. I don't care, little puppy dog, if you're just a little bitty guy and you didn't mean to. You made my son bleed. It is curtains, bro. <laughs> like literally, Judas having to be like, dad, 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 back off. And the dog's over there in the corner like, because <laughs> I have zero control. When you abuse or hurt my child, everything I know about my religion, <laughs> everything I know about keeping cool and turning the other cheek, it ceases to exist. You are in trouble. And that's the way God sees it with his kids. You make my kid bleed. I got him. God said, don't repay evil for evil. I'll deal with this. We have this idea that our God is not a violent God. He's just like some super hippie God that drives a V-dub van, smokes weed, and just hugs everybody. Like, that is not the God we serve. We serve the God who Ananias and Sapphira lied, and God dropped them dead right there on the spot because they were manipulating and trying to abuse and hurt his people. 
Okay, that's New Testament. Hello, somebody. So you need to be careful how you treat other people. Men, you need to keep your hands off of women. Unless they ask you to put your hands on them, don't you dare touch them. That's God's child. Okay, somebody. Watch this. If I, if I know who I am, Gideon, Gideon's response to mighty men is this. He says, he says, he's literally one translation. He says, mighty warrior. And Gideon says, pardon me? <laughs> Has God ever said something to you and you're like, pardon me? Like, excuse me? Do you know who you're talking to? Like, what? He says, pardon me? Uh, he, he said, um, that's a great idea and everything. He says, but what you don't understand is, have you, have you seen my location? <laughs> I'm, I'm literally, I'm not even, I don't even have a home. We're hiding up here in the mountains. And you, you, you're talking to me. Not only is my family the least of all of the people, but I am the least of all of my family. Like, in my family... I'm the one who didn't go to college. In my family, I'm the one who's not married with 37 kids and a perfect life. In my family, I, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Like in my family, when I go home for, 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 for Thanksgiving or for Christmas, Gideon says, I'm the guy that, that, that everybody looks at and goes, look at that guy. He's not married. Didn't go to college. He's nobody. Bring us in Sally so-and-so who went to college and she's got a degree and Johnny so-and-so who's got 32 kids and he's got 47 grandchildren and his life is perfect. Bring him in and it's like Gideon's over there sitting in the corner like I have nothing. I have no accomplishments. I have no resume. Like what are we talking about right now? He didn't know who he was. If I know who I am, guess what I won't do? I will not seek out an education to define me. Or give me meaning. My degree or lack of a degree will not limit me. <laughs> and watch this. I will not sacrifice my purpose to please other people. In other words, I will not go get an education just because I'm trying to make my dad happy. I will not go do this and do this, go get this degree and pursue this calling and go after this job and this responsibility just because it'll get my mom off my back. I will not be in a relationship just because when I go home from school for, from the, for the summer, I don't want to go home and be like the one who's not in a relationship any, at all ever. <laughs> because if we don't know who we are, we will spend our lives trying to please other people and we will end up with a life we never wanted stuff we never wanted to please people we don't like anyway <laughs> that's the lord watch this and i won't see my location as a limitation but the first step in my progression he's like hold up look where we are look at who i am He, he uses his location as an indicator of purpose. And God is literally saying to you today, like, and we can do this very often because we're, we're this, is, this is, well, it's a growing town, but this is a small place when it comes to most places in the world. 
I've been to some very big cities. This is not one of them. <laughs> and very often we can see our, our city as our limitation. The place where we're called. And if I could just get out of this city, if I could just go somewhere else, if I could just get to there, then I could be everything. And that might be the case because I believe there is a place for you. But what if, what if, what if you think you can change the world, but you don't give a rip about the people in your city and God's saying, until you begin to change your city, I cannot use you to change the world. Because I can't use you to change the world if you don't care about the people that are around you 24-7. The first people God uses Gideon to deliver are his own people. City is not my limitation. If, If my heart doesn't break for the people around me, then I am not on a path to changing the world. I can't change the world Unless I care about my community. I cannot see my community as my problem. I cannot see this place, these mountains, and this small town as my problem. Man, if our town was bigger, this church would be bigger. If this town was bigger, my gosh, people would know who I am. That is not my limitation. This town is not my limitation. That stuff is not my limitation. When When I put limitations on my life based on where I came from or who I came from, then I obviously am not seeing God for who he is and God for what he says I am. Remember they said about Jesus, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Absolutely, it can. Who you allow in your life is so important because every relationship you have, it either nurtures a strength or it nurtures a weakness in you. So you have to be cautious. You have to be careful. You have to be intentional about relationships. And the only way to be intentional about relationships is to know the God who created you. Because when you let him define you, it defines for you who and what is going with you in this journey call your life. It clearly defines because when I know where I'm going, I know what I need to get there and I know who doesn't need to go. Like if, like, like in my life, if I knew today after church, I was going to go to the lake and I was going to go jump off of cliffs. There are just certain people in my life that can't make that journey with me. They can't. I have to know where I'm going because where I'm going defines who and what I take with me. It doesn't mean I need to be like cutting people out of my life and like blocking every cell phone from my phone book. No, relationships very often, sometimes I've had relationships in my life that have come and they've gone and then they've come back into my life. It's not a good thing to be just cutting people out of your life because you never know the person you cut out might be a person you need in a few years. So be, very, be, in, be intentional about your relationships by being intentional about your relationship with God. If I go to him for my definition, and for, for my satisfaction, for my completion, then I will properly manage relationships. I won't use people, I won't abuse people, and I won't be used and I won't be abused by people because I won't surround myself with the wrong people. Amen? Will you stand with me this morning?
just a few thoughts and I'll leave these with you and then we'll close. When you have people in your life who can do what you can't do, they can take you where you cannot go on your own. When you're, when you're choosing friends, don't limit your friendships to people who can do what you do. Broaden your relationships to people who are very good at things that you're not very good at. Requires a lot of humility to surround yourself with people who are better than you. But you have to constantly surround yourself with people like that because they can take you to places you cannot get on your own. You cannot keep surrounding yourself with people who have your limitations. If you keep surrounding yourself with people who have your limitations, then you won't go anywhere. Because every time you try to step forward, you can't, you, you gotta, well, every time you get healthy, you having to, you can't keep doing that in your life. In relationships, you don't need comfort. You need movement. You don't always need comfort. You need movement. Sometimes we surround ourselves with people that are constantly telling us we're okay. And that's nice, but sometimes I need somebody to look me in my eyes and tell me the truth. Hey, you're not okay. You need to move. If you stay here any longer, you will die. Is there anybody in this room who is thankful for people who will tell you the truth? Come on. Come on. You know, you're, you, you know you've got it good when you've got people in your life who will tell you the truth. If you're not careful... You will turn allies into enemies and enemies into allies. You'll be like Saul who took David, who would have been his greatest ally and made him an enemy. And he was supposed to destroy an entire people group off the face of the earth and he didn't do it and he brought them in and he made them his friends. He got it all messed up and his life fell apart because he, he didn't know that the people that were pretending to be his enemy and telling him everything he wanted to hear were actually wrecking his life. You need people who will tell you the truth. Will you bow your head with me today? Father, I thank you today that a clear view of you gives us a clear view of us and a clear view of who you have called me to be and what you have called me to do helps me to define one of the most important aspects of my life, and that is my relationships. Help me to not live relationally by default, but help me, God, to live relationally by design. You have designed the world to function in such a way that every part plays an incredible role in everything that we see around us. And God, help us to see that our relationships play a huge role in where we go in this life. We can't, we can't be lazy about our relationships. We cannot be unintentional about relationships. We have to be focused. We have to be intentional about who we allow into our lives. Where we're going in this season determines who and what can go with us. And so God, help us to see you clear so that we can see it clear. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said amen. Come on, I wonder if we could just put our hands together and just thank God that... He cares so much about our relationships. He cares. He cares. He cares. We have a plan for almost everything. We have a strategy for almost everything. But we just let people in our lives without any type of thought and intention. We can't do that. We have to be specific. Even Jesus, the Bible teaches us that he chose his followers. 
He didn't just say, hey, anybody, anybody who wants to just be one of the 12, hey, sign up, fill out this, fill out this, uh, this uh, form, and uh, you're on, you're on board. Pass this test, and it's you. No, he personally went and hand-selected, hand-picked those 12 people who would be the closest people to him in those three and a half years of ministry on this earth. If Jesus chose his relationships, how much more do you and I need to choose ours? Amen? Well, I love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Be careful with the rain in the parking lot, and uh, we hope to see you very, very soon. God bless you.